What is up, everybody? And welcome to episode two of Makers Weekly. My name is Dan Parsons, and I am your host. On this episode, we speak with the talented Owen Williams about how his experience as an engineer and a journalist, where he reached millions of people every month with his own writing, inspired him to launch the product right together. This isn't his first successful product launch, so we will go deep on the technologies he uses and the strategies he deploys to successfully bring his products to market, amongst many other things. So without further ado, let's welcome Owen Williams. The elevator pitch is always an interesting one because I'm like, where do I start? Um, maybe I'll, I'll rewind right to the beginning and just keep it uh, keep it a TLDR version. But um, my actual background is in uh, infrastructure uh, engineering. I graduated as like a cloud. Well, it wasn't even there was no cloud back then, which feels really old to say. But <laughs> about when I was coming out of university, there was just like servers and data centers and stuff. And I kind of came out at that that kind of pivotal moment where people were thinking, "Oh, this AWS thing is pretty cool. Uh, I wonder, I wonder if we should get that into big businesses." And so I was kind of there doing that for a while. Um, and I actually, at some point, transitioned, and I don't really remember exactly what caused it, but uh, into writing and like kind of writing full time. Eventually, I got hired as um, an editor at the Next Web. And long, long story short, that that kind of led me to where I am today. I worked there for a couple of years and uh, I, I really enjoyed telling stories, but I realized I'd missed the technical side after doing that transition. And, uh, you know, I was like, OK, well, I need to get back to my roots. So what I ended up doing, well, I feel like I'm giving you the full life story here, but I'll, I'll, I'll quickly breeze through the last part. <laughs> it's, it's, so I actually got hired by a bike company to help them um, digitize their whole team. They actually launched the smart bike, but then realized, oh, we don't have any engineers. We use agencies. Let's move it in-house. So this is like a bicycle. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, <laughs> that's the most ironic thing, given I live in Amsterdam as well. <laughs> yeah. All the things I could do. And so uh, I got bought on. It was a really small team at that time. And they were like, okay, well, we don't know anything about digital marketing. We, you know, people really love this bike, but we don't have any developers. How do we push that forward? And so I, I actually hired a team there and all that kind of craziness of starting a, kind of a startup from a very early stage, but in a company that already existed. Mm-hmm. What and, was the name um, of that company? Yeah, it's Vanmoof. It's it's really hard to pronounce with my accent, but uh, V-A-N-M-O-O-F. And they actually make like electric bikes that don't even look electric as well, which is which is crazy cool. Um, that is so cool. I, I, I really enjoyed it. It was just a lot of work, you know, like building that team, figuring all that stuff out. And around this time, I was like tinkering with side projects, you know, as we always do. I've always had a lot of different things going on. And uh, I've launched one into the wild kind of like accidentally i told a few people about it uh it was called recharged and uh i guess like it got posted on product hunt i think and i don't know exactly how i think it shows up under my account but it ended up on there it was supposed to be just a few friends as people started paying i was like oh my goodness like this is actually really fun it's kind of the combination of both right i built that back end for this thing and i write the newsletter and people were starting to pay i was like oh my goodness maybe i should just do that and so i actually like kind of right and got up and quit in the middle of like they were planning a big thing um for this big next project i was like all right well now now's the time to get out and do this or i'm going to be stuck here for, the, for two years on that so you um, so you launched recharged um yeah. and kind of accidentally and it, it hit product mm. hunt and um yep. can you give a little just quick overview on what recharged is just yeah, so the listeners so- have context in its current form, because uh, it's changing slowly behind the scenes, but uh, in its current form, it's like a weekday briefing newsletter. So the idea is, uh, you know, I don't know if you read a lot of like technology news, but 
I assume so. It's very fragmented these days and it's kind of frustrating how fast it moves. That's what I, at least what I find as a journalist even. I'm like, oh my God, it's just completely overwhelming. And so I thought it would be really cool if it could be slowed down a little bit. And so the theory was, let's just write one newsletter four days a week every morning. So you wake up, you can read that and you'll get all the links that matter without any of the noise. Uh, and you you pay for it. And the idea is there's no ads. We don't sell your data. We don't even know. We don't track open rate or anything. It's like you're paying, so we don't really care. <laughs> and, uh, and so far, it's gone pretty well. I have about 330, 340 paying customers about a year in, which is amazing. That's it's great. still amazing. It's obvious that you are a, a maker. Um, so maybe if you could, you know, kind of help us understand now this new product that you've just recently launched, it's called Write Together. Yep. Um, and you know, obviously you, you've come up as a writer over the past, you know, mm-hmm. couple years and a journalist professionally, how did yep. that inspire write together? Can you tell us a little bit about the problem you're trying to solve? Um, yep. I think that would be great. So this like, I guess there's like two selling points, at least in my mind right now. I feel like this changes every day, but the original, <laughs> the original two reasons I started it was kind of one, um, that people always say, I get one email a week from people. How do I learn to write? You know, it's often young people, even even people who are older who are like, I wish I could write well. How do I do it? And I'm like, I actually, like, I thought about this question for a while. I was like, I have no idea. Like, how do, how do, <laughs> you know, I, I learned like, like I'm a I professional and I can't answer yeah. that. <laughs> I just went and made some blogs on the internet and at some point I got good enough and I was like, well, hold, hold on. If I could learn that, I think anybody could. And so the, the working theory on it is very much like, if you write every day, and this is, I think, the best way to learn is just write regularly. So if you write every day and there's like some sort of incentive for it, it, it'll help you build the habit and you get better. I think you can look back on your work and see um, how far you've come. Now that uh, So that was number one. And number two is like, if you want to make a blog online today, it's like a huge nightmare. Like I, you go on Medium and you have a hot take or you have to figure out how to set up a WordPress site. And I, I miss like, I miss the community part in there somewhere medium is really cool if you have i don't know if you have a hot take go to medium post your opinion whatever but it doesn't really do it for me in terms of like the old days of blogging where people used to comment and all of those kinds of things and we got rid of them for various reasons but yeah it does feel like medium's got this vibe of of like this big build-up you know it's like i'm gonna spend tons of time into writing this like masterpiece work of art that's either yep. gonna, it's going to be judged it's either going to be great yeah. or it's not or it'll be 3000 words that sound really fancy about nothing yeah exactly <laughs> so i guess it does kind of it does kind of lose the fluidity of just like a regular ongoing you know longer yep. form conversation yeah exactly and so I, I miss and i when medium launched they actually had these kind of inline comments it was revolutionary at the time i don't know if you remember but you could like highlight a bit and then comment on that directly and i was like what Mm -hmm. and then they got rid of it because i guess it was toxic i don't know you know Um, i think they actually they they shuffled it around because i've i I looked into it too now it's not in line because i like that as well you could like highlight an area and kind of have like a like an inline conversation around a specific part of an article um, but yeah, I think now they've pushed them all to the bottom. Um, so uh, now right. it, it just feels more just like, you know, the never ending, like YouTube yeah, comments. <laughs> exactly. And it, it, the, the way it lends itself isn't really good for discussion. And so that was one of the theories there. Um, and then like on the other side, setting up a WordPress is a whole thing, right? It feels so old and like weird. Yep. Um, and so what I, what I was thinking when I made this was, okay, I want to kind of solve both of those. So I combined a few things like the GitHub streaks and like the, 
so that's like the little thing on GitHub where you have um, you can like fill in if you commit every day, you get like a little green thing, and it gets darker if you color uh, if you commit more that day. It's kind of addictive. Yeah, they don't push it. Um, it kind of show, it, one, shows your progress in your activity yeah, over time. And you're like, I'm I'm an extremely good developer because I wrote one line of code every day, and it's green. You know, like it's it's a weird mindset, but it is it's like that gamification without pushing it too hard. And so I thought, okay, well. I'll try and make something that just lets you write on the internet without setting up a blog, but it feels like there's a community involved. So like there's more than just you posting into the abyss and people maybe tweeting it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's what I launched. Um, and the idea, I guess, to solve the toxic comments, um, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is aspirational, of course, that's a big problem. But the idea was basically make people pay up front uh, to make it sustainable as well, of course. Mm-hmm. But if people pay up front, if you have their credit card, they're probably going to be less douchey than you, <laughs> you would expect uh, from the normal internet, you know? It's interesting to think about. And so basically, I don't even charge up front, to be clear. I have a 14-day trial, but I just ask for your credit card number. <laughs> um, and so... There's some psychology yeah. around that though, right? It's just yeah. like, I'm going to take I, this product serious when I hand over my credit card yeah. number. Exactly, exactly. And so I guess like the the first form of this was like, it had no... I mean, like all of these things I launched way too early, but the idea was I'll get it out the door. Um, I had a quiet period. I also freelanced to, you know, make the ends meet between making things. And so I had a quiet period. I was like, I'll get it out the door for the New Year's Eve kind of like resolution. I want to make a writing habit next year, you know, that kind of um, push. And so I kind of hacked it as fast as I could. And when I I actually launched it, it barely had any social features. Like it was, you could make a blog um, and you could rudimentarily like comment on other people's things. But the idea was like, you could basically see a feed of everybody's stuff and you would be able to like interact with it and like it and that kind of thing. Um, And it kind of got a bit of traction at first. And I was thinking like, oh my God, okay, I desperately have to add like features to make this interesting. And so it's kind of half grown into like a whole social network today. It's kind of interesting to see how it unfolded while I was trying to throw it together, (laughs) if that makes sense. Yeah, no, Um, that's um, very helpful. Do you mind going in a little bit into detail um, mm. when you first launched it and you said it got a little bit of traction? Like what was your thought process around, you know, taking this to market? What were some, what were some tactics you used to try to get your first cohort of uh, users on? So the thinking, I guess the thinking there was, um, especially with the timing thing, I thought that would be the easiest way to get the most people, uh, organically without like paying any money would be do it around the time that people are motivated to start. And, uh, so what I did is I built like basically the exact marketing site you see today. It's super hacked together. And the sell was basically like, if you want to learn to write, then this is your opportunity to do it. I seeded it with like maybe 10, 20 friends, um, who, who could just like already sign up. A couple of us were writing. I was writing on there for a few days or weeks before we launched. And I was like, all right, screw it. It's it's the 31st. It's buggy as heck, but I'll just launch it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so what I did is I just posted it. Um, I, had, I actually had been tweeting about it. That's the part I forgot. So I had been tweeting like the progress and to see if people were interested. A lot of people were responding like, wow, I would totally use that. Mm-hmm. So I had been tweeting and Ryan Hoover actually tweeted me like, hey, you should post this on Product Hunt. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, I guess I guess I could do that. <laughs> uh, Ryan Hoover is the founder of Product Hunt for yeah. everyone who doesn't know. Um, and I've known I've known him for a few years. Um, when I was at the Next Web, I actually covered Product Hunt a lot. And so I had met him a bunch of times, but I think I had only posted on there once 
my own project when I launched Recharged. So I didn't really think of it. And also I would say I overthought uh, kind of like, oh, it should be perfect before I put it on there kind of thing, right? Like, yeah. oh, I will get the perfect messaging and the perfect campaign, <laughs> uh, which will never arrive, right? I've always found that like if you're working on a product, it just never is perfect in yep. your own mind. So it's just, um, it's ship. It's kind of the lean startup methodology yeah. with, with like a little less, you know, guardrails. Yep. Just, just so, get it out there. That was the theory. And so I was like, okay, I'll just post it. I'll have this really crappy marketing site. I was like hacking it during the day that like uh, it was up there. And I think, yeah, I think by the end of it, we had about 100 or so users or 120, a bunch of trials as well, but a a lot of people uh, actually paying. So that was really, really cool. And I think like there is an, everybody talks about that inflection point where a community product is really hard to build. Mm -hmm. You know, like if there's 10 people posting there, it feels like a ghost town. Yeah, right. you need that critical mass um, to... Yeah, to, so and so we had about 150 people posting every day um, at the start, which is enough people to just get over that precipice. Like it felt busy. That's 150 posts every day. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't keep up with this. I yeah. was completely overwhelmed. I was like, and the scary thing is, you know, I had made um, Recharge before, but that was just me writing. So it's less scary. I'm like throwing my thoughts into the abyss. This is like other people putting their thoughts on my thing. <laughs> so right. it was a bit of a, a bit of a weird process. And so I did that launch thing. I got on product hunt. It got a little bit of uh, attention on like uh, Twitter and stuff. A couple of one or two people wrote about it, um, which was really cool. And so since then I've just been, yeah, building it into something I, I think it should be. I think it's, you know, it's, it's never perfect. Yep. Um, Do you mind talking but, a little bit about the tool, the, the tools that you're yeah. using as it relates to you know product analytics and how you're managing yeah. the feature requests and your your backlog? Um, yep. I think that would so, be helpful. This, oh my goodness, that's the crazy thing. I think I can even uh, like let's even talk about how I got it out the door so quickly. Like I said, in a month, I'm not a genius. Like, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> what I actually did on this is I very much so. I think a lot of us in the technology industry get too hung up on making the right choices. I certainly have, um, you know, on my previous product, Mm -hmm. uh, I have probably built and rebuilt it like three times and still not finished that because I'm like, what if react is the best way to do this or whatever it might be. And so I end up getting hung up on like what will solve it. And so going into this, I was like, well, this is a fresh slate. I'm just going to pick something and run with it. Um, and so what I picked was, uh, used there's a framework. So there's Laravel, which is like a PHP flavor Yep. and there's a framework that they sell and it's like a hundred bucks and it's basically all of the billing, all of the subscription stuff. And what you get once it's set up is, is your users are logged in and they're paying and there's a blank page, right? So like, it's up to you how the rest works, but that part alone is the part that kills a lot of companies or ideas, right? You start trying to start building billing and you're like, Oh, what have I done? Like, <laughs> And then from there, I kind of looked for ways to shoehorn features in as fast as I could without having to build them like this crazy complicated thing. So there's a service, for example, we have news feeds and you can like follow people on that thing. Uh, you can follow categories and that way it's like a bit more relevant to you if you don't want to see like fiction writing, then fine, don't follow that. And so I use a service called GetStream, which actually is a uh, newsfeed as a service startup, which just blows my mind that that exists. But it's awesome. Like I wow, just that dropped is great. it in. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, it's a perf- It's the perfect. Everybody needs a newsfeed, and yep. building that is really annoying. It's like very personal, very like use uh, CPU intensive. Like it's very annoying. And so it just plopped it in and added follow buttons, and that was it. So I'd use that. 
I used um, a bunch of other packages uh, for like different functionality. Laravel solved the uh, the payments thing with Stripe, which was awesome. I use Google Analytics and Segment uh, just for like figuring out what people are doing. And then uh, I used, uh, what's it called, uh, ChartMogul to do the, the like MRR stuff, which is really interesting because they're like the only one that's free to a certain point, which I love. Whereas if you use something like Bear Metrics, which is a fantastic cook, like tool, I love it, but you have to pay straight away, right? And so a lot of my logic when I'm building these things is like keep that burn down as low as possible yeah, uh, to, to avoid. So like the server, for example, that it runs on is free because if you sign up to Google's startup program, you don't even have to pay, like it's, you get $50,000 in credit. And so and I, I was basically thinking I will, I will not pay for anything. I'll look for tools that have some sort of free so I can get through that kind of like that first stage where I, you know, it's like make or break. I don't want to invest a ton of cash in building this thing if there's no point in it. Right. And you so want, I think you want to see people want, if people want it first. Yeah. I think the I think the running costs are literally just like five dollars a month or something for the domain name right now, which is just bizarre. Um, so I use a tool called Century, for example, for alerting. And the weirdest life hack. I have actually out of all of this is I oh yeah so this is this is the other five dollars a month I was trying to think what it was I have a paid Slack team which has just myself in it <laughs> which which sounds really weird but what I do is so I have a few products at this point I use a ton of integrations there's all these channels and it's just like my admin channel for right together and it has like the alerts for when the code goes wrong it has like the new Stripe thing it like tells me everything that I need to know and then I have one for charged as well. And it's like my dashboard, right? Rather than having to check like, I don't know, 20 different, you know, you go to ChartMogul, then you go to Stripe, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. This is one place I, I just know. And it's amazing. That's so that's great. like my number one tip. It's like a ghetto <laughs> version of PagerDuty. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my goodness, PagerDuty, yes, ex- exactly. And it's, 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 it's nice because I'm already hanging out in Slack anyway, so it's, I'm more likely to see it. Yep. Um, that's, uh, that's awesome. It's a, it's a perfect hack. Yeah. Um, okay, so you, you're starting to collect some data from your this early cohort of users. It sounds mm. like you've gotten some pretty strong traction out of the gate. You know, how are yep. you thinking about the evolution of the product, and and what do you do to prioritize? Um, yeah. You know, your your the, the next features and the iterations. So that's that's a great question because I I definitely saw one of those things that you see after launching a product. You're like, oh, everything's going great, and then like the numbers start changing. You're like, oh my goodness, people aren't using this. What's going wrong? Yeah, <laughs> and so what I what I really saw quite quickly is people actually kept the habit for about twenty eight days, which is wild, by the way. Uh, convincing twenty eight people to write every, uh, people to write twenty eight days in a row is ridiculous. <laughs> um, that's some engagement, but that's a problem for MRR. So what they would do is like they would write for twenty eight days and then disappear. Or like, if you lose the habit, like it's hard to start, right? You go to, into the new year and you're like, I'm going to go to the gym and lift some weights this year, and you do it for a bit, and then you're just like, oh well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's the same with all of these kinds of things. And so, I very much realize I need to move t- towards a the community side of it. So like, let's make it a place that people want to go because other people are there, and not just about writing every day. Like you cannot. I mean, I'm a writer, and I can't even like I did it for. 45 days on my own tool and then I was like oh my goodness this is too much writing Um, and so what I've really moved towards is like it's it's blogging but with a community around it and I I think I want to build the thing that I thought Twitter should have been a little bit in a way so I think like there was this rumor for a long time that Twitter was going to add 10,000 character posts or attachments or something so you could like 
basically make a tweet and attach a blog post to it, which is like, I still don't understand how they haven't done that. <laughs> but, you know, the idea I think behind that is really cool. And so I kind of flipped it on its head and I think I want to make it into a social network that you blog on. And so it's what I've really noticed that the users on there do is they feel like they can be open about things. And I think that's because I built in, in the earliest iterations, like a feature called uh, like privacy mode. Yeah. And so you can like flip it on and like people can't see your work, like writing anymore. Um, and I think people really like that. And then there's another mode actually where you can turn off access for external users. And I think having that barrier of like, I, I don't know what it is. It's like if you're in community only mode, so it's like if you're registered, you can see that post. But if you're the random internet people, you can't. Yeah. That barrier makes it feel safer to share it. And so yeah, that I do, has helped a lot. I do think there's this interesting uh, psychological you know, notion that if everyone is in the same page that like this is a work in progress and like we're, yeah. we're constantly iterating and this isn't necessarily complete or represents yes. like m- my best work, yeah. then it's just, I think it allows, you know, for, for people to kind of use the product yeah. more often. And that's what blogging was to me in the earliest days. Like you would just go there and write what you were thinking. Like if you were thinking that, you hate the way that microwaves are designed, then write it. Like that was the beauty of blogging as it wasn't always good. <laughs> um, and like the internet didn't used to be this like perfect package every time that you like publish something. And so I wanted to lower the barrier there and, and going forward, I just want to add like weird stuff along those lines that makes it more compelling to use. I'm working on um, a couple of things for uh, like, you can be anonymous if you're trusted enough. So you wrote for 10 days in a row. Great. Now you can write, like write anonymously sometimes. Uh, that kind of thing. And then another one, because I remember that on Tumblr being a feature, actually. <laughs> Weirdly, mm-hmm. I've been on every blog platform, obviously, but um, Tumblr used to have this thing where you could uh, answer questions anonymously and it was really fun. And I think blogging anonymously, if it's a safe space, would be really cool. Yeah. And so I want to mess with that. But um, the other side of it is like, if you have a blog, people should read it if you want them to. And so I'm, I'm working on a few features around that, right? Like if you don't want to just write, there should be a reason for you to re- like come here and read it without us like having to be your homepage. Right. <laughs> that's, that's a challenge now. And so uh, we're about to ship probably by the time this airs actually, but a feature where uh, having one of these write together blogs will let you basically launch like a really easy to build newsletter. So pe- any guest user can sign up if uh. you enable it and they'll get a, a newsletter every day or every week or whatever they choose uh, with that, that person's la- latest posts. And so the idea being like a tiny letter is a great example of this. Like tiny letter is that, uh, but MailChimp is going to shut it down. It's just like a bare bones newsletter tool. Yep. And I think that would make it more compelling as well for both sides. Like, oh, well, I'm a random user and now I know what this is and I might want to start blogging is kind of where, where that goes in my mind at least. Yeah, it starts to generate that network effect of now a reader can also become a contributor who can then drive more readers. And Exactly. I think out of this, maybe the end goal, if I'm honest, is like uh, Google Reader is something that I still like miss. Like RSS feeds were awesome in their heyday. And I think like if we can build something where you can go and kind of make your personal feed of blogs without having to mess around with technology in the process, I think that would be really cool. So I'm just trying to like figure out how we end up there. But, yes. you know, uh, without ads. <laughs> yeah, without ads. 
Yeah, which is hard. Sweet. Well, I don't want to uh, take too much of your time, and I'm trying to keep these things, uh, you know, 30 minutes or less. But I like short podcasts, so yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, sometimes I can get lost in the like two hour episodes. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. But I think this has been super helpful. I think there's a, a ton of uh, great insights here that you know the community can learn from. Um, but before we wrap it up, where can people find you online, and where can they find your products? The easiest way to find me is actually uh, Twitter, just because I have like a two-letter username story for a different podcast episode. Um, <laughs> so I'm at, at OW on Twitter. Um, otherwise, you can find me at um, charge. So that's C-H-A-R dot G-D. Everything's so hard with the Kiwi accent. <laughs> I have to announce it really well, but those are the two places. Um, and Or you can just Google Old Williams, I suppose. My website has all of the things you can click. <laughs> Perfect. And then Write Together is on uh, writetogether.space, correct? Yeah. Yep. And that would be the last thing I would say is choosing a domain name is so hard, but I'm so glad for those new TLDs. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it, it like opened up a whole new world of possibilities. You're not making exactly. up words anymore. <laughs> or like having some weird like numbers in your domain name. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you. Um, all right, Owen. Well, it's been great talking to you, and um, congrats on you know all of the progress so far. We're looking forward to to tracking the progress. Um, so, cheers to you! Awesome. Thanks very much for having me.